Welcome, Wolverine Nation. Welcome back to Go Blue Players with J&J. You're listening to Jared Bunch and Jamie Morris, former Michigan Wolverines. And once again, baby, I'm happy because we're starting off the year four wins and zero losses. That's right, four and oh, the Wolverines are putting it down. And this week, they put it down on Penn State, beating them up. 49 points to just 10. The defense showed their the wherewithal and that running game finally showed up. I'm telling you, it was a fast start to the game and a fast start to the Big Ten. We always have to talk about having a fast start. In this episode, we're going to talk about that Big Ten opener and the return of the of the running game, that fast start, like I said and how it sets the tone not only for the game but for the big 10 and what does this type of game do for a team because all last weekend or prior to this week there was a huge concern about that offensive line and not being able to move the ball on the ground but we show we can do that now is it just the beginning so, and we'll start this off by telling you, I got to encourage you guys, please, please, please subscribe to Go Blue Players with J&J on iTunes and become followers on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Listen, if you want those free gifts, you want tickets, we're giving away free tickets, two tickets to the Ohio State game. If you want those, you have to be a subscriber on iTunes and listen every time we post a podcast you will be notified that a podcast is up so make sure you sign up get registered on iTunes become a follower on blog talk either or or both and with that let me bring in my co-host James Morris Jamie who has a radio show going on in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is called the M-Zone. M-Zone. You guys got to have a lot to talk about to this week, uh, opening up the Big Ten, right? With a we great do. game. Great game. Great uh, establishment of the run. Uh, a well-balanced game. Uh, offensive line coming off the ball, getting it done up front, and, uh, and defense just flying around. I mean, we got a lot of criticism with the running game and had a lot of criticism with Don Brown's defense being out of place. I think uh, all answers were answered. And as you pointed out early, we came out, the coaches really emphasis this week was a fast start. And that's what they put together, a very fast start. It was a fast start. I, we talk about that. I mentioned that because it was always so important and and starting off the big 10 with a fast start because you never want to be behind a ball because we got a big game coming up this week wisconsin coming in this week and they put it on michigan state didn't they took it right to michigan state so this is a a real important game second game of the big 10 season coming up playing against wisconsin we're going to talk about that Love always having a fast start and love having this conversation. So stick around. When we come back from this break, we'll start it off with the Way I See It segment. And welcome back. In the Way I See It segment, we'll provide our analysis on the team from a former teammate of Jim Harbaugh and give a point of view from that perspective. 
And we're going to start this one off. Like we were just saying, you know, we started off the season fast. Our overall take on this game was one thing, and that was that it was a running game that we have been missing, and we got it back. It looked like old-school football uh, once again where you didn't have to throw the ball that much because we had a plethora of running backs going in. We had um, and all of them averaging over six yards a carry, averaging over six yards a carry. Um, Devon Smith leading the way with 107 yards on only 12 carries, a long run of 39. That's one other thing. There was a lot of, of big runs of 25 yards or more. So Smith had a 39-yard jaunt. Higdon, who's come on. We keep saying names. Like you got Smith, Higdon, Isaac, Evans. All of these names that, that we keep going uh, mentioning, Jamie, I think that's why there's not been one person that has taken on the lead role of, you know, like a, a Tyrone Wheatley. That's it. Jamie Morris. That's it. Uh, now we have a plethora of running backs. I'm okay with it. I mean, running back committee, it looks like they're giving them each at least between uh, 10, 10 carries per person. So as long as they're satisfied with it, and you know as well as I do, most running backs want to have the ball as many times as they can. But if the way they're running that ball, I mean, they got to all be happy. Come on now. Okay, that, that's, that's a politically correct thing to say. But <laughs> individually, you know, as a running back, you you want to get into a groove. You know, you have you, sometimes people need about 15, 20 carries, you know, if you're a tailback to get into the groove of running. What is it going to take for one of them to, to uh, break out? Someone's got to be a dominator. Someone's got to become the man. Someone's got to de- demand that to stay in the game. I mean, is that a possibility? Is it a possibility? And if it is, who do you see as the person emerging as that possibility? Well, there's a few guys. I mean, you got Devion is your number one guy, but the guy that you you need to look at is Ty Isaac and Karan Higdon. I, I see that Higdon was injured a little bit and he was sick. Now he feels 100. Uh, percent He feels like he he deserves his shot. And obviously, Coach Coach uh, Wheatley gave him his shot, telling Coach Harbaugh, "Let's put him in there." I got a feeling. So if we we got a feeling that one guy's going to be hotter over another guy, you go with the hot hand. You know it as well as I do. Until they find the guy that that's going to be hot all the time, that's going to be ready to percolate. I mean, you go with what's nice. I mean, they they rush for over three hundred and. 26 yards i mean you got to be happy with that yeah we you must be happy with it because um just two weeks ago everyone was talking about what the heck is going on with the running game and this week we show that there is a running game now was that a factor of our offensive line playing better or was it that you know penn state's linebacking crew was to pill it was pretty much down to three people that they had left if anybody got hurt they were going to have to move a, a defensive back to linebacker or a defensive lineman to linebacker. Um, you know, once again, somebody getting thrown out of the game for a hit that uh, we've, we've talked about last year is questionable when they say that they're leading with the head. And it's always a uh, it's a hard, hard way to to determine if someone was really trying to lead with the head or not. But they lost a, a linebacker early on that way. Then some by injury, they lost some other ones. So was that 
the offensive line playing better or just the lack of, of talent on the other side? I think it was a combination of both. You played a, um, a far less superior, I mean, far less uh, athletic team than themselves, and they took advantage of it. I think it's just taking advantage of what, what the defense gave them. And like you said, the, that linebacker core was depleted, so we went right for, we went for the jugular. I like the idea of going after them. I think when you see us against Wisconsin, you'll see us trying to pop outside. I don't think you want to run at their linebacking core. You want to get it outside. You know, fake the action up uh, up the middle and come around the uh, the outside more jet sweeps. But this week, it dictated run at those linebackers. They're a little, they're, you know, these guys don't know what they're doing. They haven't had the time. They 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 don't have the experience. So we went we went right after them, and that's what you need to do. And the other thing is, is that people, I mean, those offensive linemen are tired of hearing that they're not doing their job, and they came they came out mad. You could see that they were, they came out fast, they came out mad, and they put points on the board right away in the first first four series. Yeah, that is true. But what do you think? I mean, Bo would Bo would be saying right now when we're saying that they that we ran the ball more. When you look at Spate had thirty four attempts, and we're saying finally. We started running the ball, but there was 34 attempts. Spate ended this uh, game with 21 of 34 for 189 yards and a touchdown. But we put the ball up 34 times, <laughs> 34 times. And we're saying that uh, finally we start running. And when you look at the, uh, you know, Darbo gets seven receptions, but again, comes up with four receptions. There, He's always those two, but we lost a player. Uh, is is there any word on how serious of an injury um Clark suspended Clark. you're talking about Jeremy I mean Jeremy Clark his injury yeah on defense no he's done for the year on, de- on defense he, but he offensively uh I mean we had Darbo uh but Chesson Chesson yeah, it was there but there was talk that, that someone may have been a little bit injured cuz you know Chesson only had one reception no uh, I don't think we lost anybody. I think he, I mean, I guess we need to look at the, you got to look at the whole sheet, Jared. I mean, we threw the ball, we ran the ball. I mean, we only punted once. So think about that. We only punted one time in the game. That being said, yeah, we're going to run a lot of plays. That means we're going to throw the ball too. I think, I think Coach Hardball wanted to keep it as equal as he could, and they did. If you look at it. That's true. I mean, they ran the ball for it. If you look at it, they ran the ball 49 times. And threw at 35. Exactly. <laughs> right. 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 You know, and, and I think we've just become a little bit, uh, um, you know, maybe we've gotten a little spoiled. Uh, not just you and I, but I think, you know, in college football, because college football used to be a lot of running, a lot of running, a lot of running, a lot of running. Then we went to a lot of passing. And the balance now, when it's a balanced game like this, obviously was a balanced game of run and pass. It seems like, uh, you know, something was missing, but nothing was missing here except for uh, the fact that, uh, again, we put up over 40 points. Come on now. That's. Yeah, you, you scored over 45 points <laughs> for the fourth, fourth game of the year. Um, I mean, you, you're doing things to uh, opponents that. You know, we, we, we talk about the opponents, how, how subpar they are. But if you think about it, look at Colorado. Colorado, Colorado went to Oregon and beat Oregon Ducks in at home. Yeah. So is Colorado that bad of a team? And we don't know what Penn State's going to do in the Big Ten. Right. 
So, I mean, we got to remember each, we play the games that are put in front of us. And that's it. And that's it. That's it. So, you know, and let's talk about our defense. I mean, you know, uh, our defensive front started putting up some, you know, put some pr- a lot of pressure, and they started off quick too. They started off the game fast, getting uh, pressure on the quarterback, sacks, turn- turnovers, uh, uh, forcing turnovers. Let's talk about that a little bit because um, defensively, that, I think they set the tone. They set the tone right off the bat. Well, they knew that that the, they had one one guy to stop the the running back from Penn State. That was the key: stop the run and make them pass. And you know. And you could see Don Brown's disposition last week. He was not a happy person. Very angry. He, as a matter of fact, he blamed every mistake from the first three games on himself and said, I'll take the blame for all of that. When have you seen a coach do that? A new defensive coordinator come into a press conference and say, it's all, it's all on me. Giving up the big plays, everything. And says, I'm not changing my defense. He's stubborn that way. Not changing my defense, we're just going to make it easier for them to understand. And it looked like he did. He simplified the defense, but they looked like they were more aggressive. The way they came on, the front, the front four put the pressure on. And, yes, they did come with the blitz, and they got home many times. And I think with the addition, and I'll, I'll say this again, with the addition of Jordan Lewis, I think the best defensive player, the best overall defensive player, I know the best player on the team is Jabril Peppers, but I'm saying the best defensive player that they were missing all the, those first three games. You could see the difference that he was out there making plays. He was making plays. He was. Uh, did he show any any rust? A little bit. A little bit. Didn't little you bit. see him get hit on yeah. the kickoff return by that big kicker? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up, but you know. Dude, you, you asked me, did he have any rust on him? He got it shook off by no, that big kicker. That was, that's a big kicker, but uh, when you get tackled and get hit like that by the kicker, brought down, not hit. You were brought tackled like that. that not a trip. He put some wood. He laid some wood on him. But that, that, that's, a, that's a big kicker. But um, – there was, uh, you know, defense. Let's get some grades out. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna put a little bit different this week. Offense or defense? Higher grade offense, higher grade defense. If they only have one 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 team gets a higher grade, offense or the defense? Defense right now. Okay, higher grade the defensive backs or the running backs. Running backs for this week. For this week. Hi, for this week, uh, higher grade. Um, receivers including tight end or linebackers i'm gonna give it to the linebackers so they they did show a lot of improvement they if giving it to the linebackers i i would have to agree with you you know they showed something that uh something started to click that those big plays that we were seeing early on in the in the season i saw a a a a an attempt to make detail a pro, uh, point of emphasis. No big plays. And oh, no. uh, yeah, you- they were, I saw that they were, like you said, went back to the details and simplifying, making sure that you're, you're, you're not trying to overdo things. And it's, I mean, and, and their efforts, they started off on fire. I mean, the defense was like getting after, you know, we talk about getting after it. Mm-hmm. They showed that they were really getting after it. I think they played well. So uh, special teams, 
grade. Uh, there you go again. He, he muffed the punt, and I'm talking about Jabril Peppers. He muffed the punt, picked it up, and ran right through everybody. I mean, if the 10-yard line didn't reach up and grab him, make him, he would have another touchdown. Right. So, the grade? Oh, without a doubt, special teams, you got to, I mean, that, that was the overall, when we say there's three phases to, to, to football, the special teams was the best phase over, over offense, defense, and special teams. I'll take the special teams right now. Mm-hmm. They're playing at a level that we, we, we haven't seen. I mean, they're playing at a higher level than, than the defense is, and that defense is playing at a high level. Okay, so you you you're saying that uh, if of all three phases, if one only one of them had to get the A for this game, it would be special teams. Special teams have been oh, playing uh, well all year. I mean, they have been playing well all year, and and when you can say that your special teams is an actual weapon, not just for returns too. I mean, they have block kicks, um, uh, tip kicks block punts, and returns, huge returns, returns for touchdowns, that it becomes a weapon, a weapon, a weapon. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you, have, when you have a Swiss Army knife like Jabril Peppers and you have um, these guys really get after the uh, blocking the punts and blocking the field goals, as you pointed out, I mean, it's almost like the kids get excited to be on special teams. You have starters that are out there on special teams playing like they, they, they haven't played. They, they haven't been in the game the whole time. Right. And it's, it's working out well. So overall, coaching, everything, for the uh, start opening of the Big Ten, great overall, overall. I'm going to give the coaching staff an A- minus right now, getting the team prepared. I mean, getting ready for the Big Ten is a big thing, as you well know. And it's a good start. And you need to open up the Big Ten with a win. Um, so that being said, they, they get an A- to get them prepared. After the Colorado game where we were like so like, oh, my God, are, are we ready? Are we ready? Are we going to be able to run the ball? Are we going to be able to do this? Are we going to are we gonna keep the quarterback safe? I mean, oh, my God, oh, my God. Now we protected the quarterback. We ran the ball. We got after it on defense, no big plays, as you pointed out, and special teams still performing at a high level. So you've got to overall give this coaching staff an A minus. So good grades all around. And I, I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you. It was a, a great game to start off with. But we got a, a big one coming up a big game coming up, another home game against Wisconsin, who Wisconsin showed out last week against Michigan State. I mean, they put it on Michigan State. So this is a big game coming up this weekend. No, Jared, they didn't just show out. They took Michigan State behind the, the woodshed and gave them a, a, a shellacking. <laughs> yes, they did. And I, I'm, I'm happy about it. <laughs> I like it. I'm happy about it. Uh, but what does that put something extra on this game coming up? Um, it's it's a big game, big game coming up. Well, I said this on my radio show. I mean, um, we're playing Wisconsin next, and we're going to have to clean up what little brother couldn't oh, get Lord. done. Oh, <laughs> Lord. 
So I didn't got it started again. Yes, you, know what you have. Yes, you have. After the last 10 years, too, uh, they're trying to say, you know, well, one game at a time. We do have uh, this 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 big opportunity standing in front of us because it is a there's a their top 10 team. Um, it, they're coming into the big house again. I think we still, after coming off of a game like like last this week, this past weekend, it, it is a uh, another test. It's a, a a big test. I mean, Jordan Jordan Lewis will be coming back uh, after a, a game underneath his belt, and the defense playing better, playing much better. The offensive line showing how they they how dominant they can be when it comes to running the ball, and our our receivers still ready to play offense or blocking or receiving. It's a good test and a good opportunity to keep the momentum going against a good team. I don't I think people have all been talking about who have they played against, but uh, this. This will be uh, a a good test that will be coming up this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, that is our way I see it, way I see it segment. Stick around because we have a special segment coming for you, big blue segment coming up, and you won't want to miss it. So, be back right after these messages. Welcome back to Go Blue Players with J&J. We're here in the big blue segment each week. We will choose a topic that Michigan players experience either as a Wolverine player, student, coach, or alumni. And this week, I want to discuss something that is really surprising, really surprising to me. And it, it actually, um, it is close to... All of us involved, uh, Michigan and myself and Jamie involved, because it is discussing the firing of Les Miles at LSU, who at a point a few years ago, Les was the top uh, person considered to be taking over that job at Michigan. And, and LSU made sure that he would stay there, giving him a lot of money and, and making things happen. So, And now they've let him go. And, and under some very uh, weird circumstances because they lose a game. They're two and two. They lost the game on, on, uh, they could have won the game on the, uh, a single play. Now, does that mean if the play happened, it actually was a touchdown, but it was called back because of, of time. If that play is not called back and they are three and one clock ran out is less miles fired. That's the question. Two, why fire him now? It's only there's only four games. The man won a, a national championship what four years ago. Why fire him now? So mm-hmm. um, that's why it, it's it is close to us. Less was uh, the offensive line coach when when Jamie and I were at Michigan, and we've always become uh, friends. So let's talk about that. Les Miles being fired from LSU, and where do you think he may end up after being let go? Actually, he's clearly one of the uh, top collegiate coaches. Without a doubt. Les Miles, look, but Les was having problems. He was not, in, according to some people down there, he was not evolving. Mm. There, Look, it, take it for what it's worth. 
Les Miles had to replicate what Alabama was doing. Nick Saban, who Les Miles uh, followed Nick Saban as head coach of LSU, won a national championship. But fans there have refused to allow him to do what he needs to do to win. That being said, Les has not evolved his offense. Look, Les Miles in, in Louisiana has the, has the hardest job. He gets all the talent out of the state of Louisiana, and there's a whole lot of talent there. That being said, Les Miles needs to find a quarterback, find an offensive coordinator, Cam Cameron, another Michigan product who coached on the coach Schembechler with us when we were there. It just hasn't been getting done. No longer can you just line up in an I formation and just pound the ball down the field. People have gotten used to that, especially with the athletes down in the SEC. That being said, he's got to use varied offenses to move, be able to move the ball. And it seems like he can't find a quarterback. With all of that talent rich down there in Louisiana, it is, it's not unheard of to not find a quarterback. That being said, Les Miles um, was shooting himself in the foot. He needed to, he needed to move his, his um, program forward. Most well, people I thought he was this. moving it in when the I wrong was shooting direction. The, um, uh, shooting the movie Django Unchained. Uh, in New Orleans and I was there for two months and uh, obviously there was there was some some other guys from um, LSU who uh, came in as background background um, actors and I ran into a couple of them who who played played on the football team and and we I told them that you know Les was an old coach of mine and that uh how uh, the relationship that I, I mean, we love him. We love Les. There was not the same um, love being shown. They, you know, even though he had won a national championship and every year they, they were like top five or whatever, they felt as if um, Les, Les had a game and a, a system that uh, they didn't like and that the fans didn't like. And, and, you know, there was a, a, a number of people or a group that when the question came up, when, when uh, Michigan was about to make a hire and they ended up hiring um, not this time, but the time before. And they were like, you know, a lot of, a lot of people thought, you know, let him go, you know, he can go. And I couldn't understand why. And um, they, it is, as you said, um, Maybe it's some a little bit of the old school that uh, the 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 system that he's running is not as um, accepted as they would like, even though it was winning. But when it stops winning, you know, like I said before, winning changes everything. You win, it's no problem, no question, no problems, no 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 question of what you're doing. But when you don't win, that's it. And and this, I think, this weekend was a perfect example. I mean, one play. If it stands, they're three and one, and and he's still still a coach. It doesn't stand; they're two and two, and and now he's out. That was not because of that one play. That was something that had been 
building up and building up. The, the good thing, though. Know, yeah, he was gone. He was gone no matter what after the season anyway. I think he, it was already built up. They saved his – his job got saved last year. Hold on. I mean, <laughs> somebody's going to somebody's gonna pick him up or, or be looking for him to be their coach very quickly. And, and you did – I mean, we don't want to start saying schools because some of the uh, – many of these schools still have coaches, and, and they're, they're still coaching the team. So I don't want to make anything – uh, a problematic for him, which I think that was a problematic thing that happened with Les the first time when Rich Rodriguez was was let go. Um, the question of 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 was Les going to come before or when Rich Rich Rodriguez was hired? Yeah, and when Lloyd Carr left, that uh, when Lloyd Carr left, it can't start coming out that you know. Les Miles is the next coach. Les Miles is the next coach. And it created a, yeah, it created a problem for him at LSU. You know what the best job is I, So for I don't Les. want to start that with other teams, other schools right now, but I, I just think that, that there won't be, he won't be out of, out of job long. No, I'm telling you the best job for Les. The best, the best job for Les Miles, where he doesn't have to worry about wins and losses, it's ESPN. Les would be a great ESPN analyst. He could, you know, hey, Lee Corso is is getting long in the tooth. I'm not saying Lee Corso should leave the set, but I'm saying that Les Miles would be a great <laughs> substitute. Well, and for the up until the end of the season, I, I I'm sure ESPN and college football would would love to see Les come on and and be uh, added to their to their their program but he we'll see you know uh, we we will see what what happened what will happen to him and what what steps he wants to take but uh bottom line is he's a he's a good coach and he will bounce back i believe that he will bounce back and uh we'll we have not seen the last of, of less miles in college football that's the bottom line so we'll look forward to that less so with that that's our Big Blue segment, and that also will be uh, leading us into our our closing because, you know, you've been listening to Go Blue Players with j and I'm Jared Bunch. My co-host is Jamie Morris. We'll be back next week to recap a big game, and I mean a really big game, coming up against Wisconsin, who comes to the big house, and give a little preview of our upcoming opponents. Now, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and or become a follower of the show on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com. Go Blue Players with J&J. As always, we love to hear from you. You can always reach us at Go Blue Players on Facebook or on Twitter at Go Blue Players. Leave your questions, comments, and concerns there. We'll always get back to you. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, just leave us a message on Facebook or on Twitter, and we'll get back to you. As always, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Go Blue Players. Go Blue!